This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. How's it going and welcome to episode 129 of On The Wire, proud member of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. Follow the pod on the Twitter at On The Wire Pod. You can follow me at 80 Great. That's all spelled out. And you can follow Kevin Hastings at Hastings Kevin. And I have with me once again, Kevin Hastings. Kevin, man, glad to have you back two weeks in a row. This is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Loving it. Lots of fun baseball to watch. Less than 10 weeks to first pitch Arizona. We got our stretch runs, pennant races. It's exciting. I'm, I feel like I don't have enough time to absorb the baseball I want to absorb. And I spend a lot of time <laughs> watching <laughs> and looking at baseball in, in, in various ways, but I just feel like there's not enough time right there. There's right now, there's so much going on. There is. And the news doesn't stop obviously. And we say that like throughout the course of the year, but you figured by August or September, some teams are starting to come out of the race and and this or that. And players are either playing what you would expect or they're not playing as much. And But things still continue to happen. We have a bunch of news items that we need to go over. So it's like keeping up with this stuff, especially if you're down the stretch trying to make up ground. If you're in the five spot or the four spot trying to get into the cash or you really want to win that whole thing and you're in the two spot fighting it out, like you're looking for every little thing. Um, And I guess the rub is on the opposite side, if you are in a situation or multiple situations where you have a league that's in the, the nine spot or the 10 spot, and you're like, we're at a point in the le- it's point of the season for pretty much anybody in those spots is deciding to put their uh, time and effort into the appropriate places. Am I right? Yeah, I was, there's still time. I think that's the biggest takeaway, right? We have five full weeks to go beginning Monday, five full scoring periods to go. And they are full scoring periods. We have a lot of teams playing a lot of games. So there's close to 20% of the season left for a lot of these teams. So in Roto Leagues, there's still room to move, even in ratios. And of course, head-to-head leagues, playoffs are starting. So that's really a focal point right now as well. Yeah, we were just talking about that before we start recording. It's like most of my attention right now is on a head-to-head playoff slot only because... I've already locked in my playoff spot for one league. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've got two weeks of regular season where I'm like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) 
It's like nothing. I can't move up. I can't move down. I know what my seat is. I know who my competitor is going to be. And it's just doesn't happen like that every year. It just happens this year. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's like having two bye weeks. I'm like, I'm not going to get the bye in my first round of my playoffs, but I feel like these two weeks of the regular season have turned into a bye for me. So I can plan ahead, but at the same time, I'm spending probably too much time on that one league. And it's at the detriment of probably one or two other leagues where I have been paying attention in the moment, but I probably lost a spot or two. So that's the tricky part. That's what I was saying is like, if you're in like the, the lower third of the standings, I don't blame anybody necessarily for allocating their time and resources to the leagues that they feel they're going to make the most ground up in or they're toward the end, toward the top and they're looking to cash or they're looking to place or whatever. I don't blame them. You can take advantage of that if you're in the op- if you're in the middle ground if and you know that those bottom third teams have stopped paying attention altogether. For sure. I think that gets overlooked this time of year by teams that are out of it or close to being out of it. I think we forget one, there is still time. And like I said, and you bring it up all the time. Paul Sporer brings it up all the time. Lots of people bring this up often, even ratios. And like you like to say, because they can come back to you as well. I was looking at this a couple of weeks ago when we had the big fiasco with NFBC site was down for a little while on Monday. So they had Mm -hmm. to extend the time for to allow us to change our lineups after games had started. Right. So they made it a set time for all teams. Couple of pitchers got blown up before that deadline and people were able to remove them from their lineup. So I went through and figured it out. Is this a big a deal as people are making out of this? And it can be. Right. I believe it was eight runs was given up by a, a couple of pitchers that were able to be removed from lineups that day. If we're looking at a, an average of fourteen hundred innings pitched for fantasy teams, which is Uh, About what I was seeing for teams in the top three or four Mm -hmm. in in most 15-team leagues, that's a .05 difference in ERA, those eight runs that they got back. Now, they had to put somebody else in that lineup spot. The chance that they got zero earned runs from whoever they added in that lineup spot is pretty thin thin this time of year. (laughs) Exactly. So it probably wasn't the full eight, but eight earned runs, a zero, a 0.05 difference in ERA. Now, the other side of that is that seems like a lot. And in some leagues, depending on where the bunch is, that can be three or four spots. But I went through all my leagues looking at that. And in most spots, it was one or two spots in the standings of era that so one or two points was all the difference it would have made anywhere up and down that the 15 moment. teams in the yep. league it sounds like a lot it can be a lot in some leagues also in reality for most it probably wasn't but it's just a, one or two points can be a big difference this time of year yeah absolutely especially in those ratio categories like you're talking about where they can move in both directions, as you mentioned. All right, let's talk about some players that are we already know are going to be out of the lineup, and so we can take them out in, a, <laughs> in in advance rather than waiting for an outage or anything like that. That was a little bit of a fiasco, which we won't get into the ramifications. I think you pretty much touched on that already. And it's water under the bridge. It's already happened. It was like three weeks ago, right? It was like right. <laughs> it's been it's been a bit. It'll be forgotten about the next week. 
But let's get into some news that we'll have to be considering for our considerations this Sunday and fab. Let's start here, Kevin, in Cincinnati, where they're going to be going without the face of the franchise for a little bit. Joey Votto, he hit the IL with a shoulder injury. He is expected to be back in early September. So the Reds are going to continue to fill his playing time for what that's worth for at least probably the next two weeks or so. Who have you seen and who do you expect to benefit the most from Votto's absence? The first thing that comes to mind is doesn't have anything to do with fab or the rest of this season, but there was question to whether Christian and Carson on strand would be eligible for 2024 anywhere other than utility. This is going to make him first base eligible for next season for certain he's playing first base. So far, over the first couple of days, Nick Martini has hit fifth in the lineup both days, Thursday and Friday, versus right-handed starters. He may sit versus lefties, but versus right-handed starters, it looks like so far, three of the last four games, he's been in the lineup and smack dab in the middle of the lineup. Mm -hmm. I don't have any interest. He had... 11 home runs and almost 500 plate appearances at triple a and in 340 career plate appearances at the major league level, he's got two home runs, no speed either. It is the middle of a nice lineup. If you're in a deep league and really just desperate for at bats and runs and RBI, he probably will be able to contribute there, especially when Cincinnati is playing at home. But other than that, I'm not seeing much at the moment. I think most of these adjustments have already been made and they're shuffling guys around. We were talking about it last week with Spencer Steer moving to left field because of Noel Marte coming up. This kind of just solidifies that. And I think right now Martini is going to be in there in the DH spot versus right-handed pitching, but I don't have much interest there. Yeah, it seems like Marte's really carved out pretty much that third base spot in Cincinnati before Votto hit the IL and having that freed up spot on the infield corners, like you said, for Carson Strand to be starting every day at first base now and freeing up the DH spot and letting the Reds put players where they're supposed to be allowed Marte to run with it. It's only been three days, (laughs) but three straight days. But it seems to be something to expect moving forward to see Marte in there pretty much every day. Nice to see him lead off for a day against the lefty. I don't know if that'll end up being a common thing there, but it was interesting to see him at the top of the lineup a couple days ago. All right, let's uh, move up north to Toronto where Alec Manoa, he's continuing to rehab and trying to get back to Toronto. He moved his rehabs to AAA as they found no major structural issues with his latest injury and his latest send down, if you will, to, to the minors. Is there a scenario at this point in 2023 in which you would consider stashing Manoa or even watch listing him for an end of season pickup, expecting him back with the Blue Jays? I want to just say no. And in 95% of leagues, my answer is no. But if you're just out there chasing wins and ratios don't matter, maybe. But I still think even in most of those situations, there's probably somebody I'm more comfortable with. We were just talking off air and we'll get to it later. 15 teams starting pitchers right now. It is almost impossible to find someone 
but I don't think so. He showed us that one glimpse of hope and then blew right back up again. And at this time of year, I'm not taking that chance. Yeah, that's uh, there's not really honestly. I just added it in here because it felt like it's something we needed to talk about. But there's oh, not really gonna, much to talk about. It's going to be a about, decision right? people are making for sure. <laughs> it's tempting. Right? You're not going to want to make the decision, <laughs> but you're right. The decision will be made by somebody in your league as long as more than three people are paying attention. All right. Of course, the news that you know you've already heard plenty of about, and it is probably the saddest news in baseball we've heard all season, and that is, of course, Shohei Otani has a tear in his UCL. He will not pitch the remainder of the season. In all my Yahoo leagues, I just see the the Otani pitcher player getting dropped like crazy. No official word on a long-term implications. He hasn't decided on surgery. I think he's going to get a second opinion on that. So we'll see if he actually gets Tommy John surgery or miraculously finds a way to rehab it in the offseason. But at the very least, he did travel. He is hitting with the Angels for the what is expected to be that at least the remainder of this season, but the angels are going to be without their best pitcher of their rotation. So let's talk about the implications there, Kevin. Are you expecting them to fill the gap that he leaves or simply go to with a more traditional five man rotation rest of the way? I think they're filling the spot. It appears I'm double checking right now to see if it's listed as official on the MLB site. Roster resource has Griffin Canning back in the rotation and starting on Sunday. If that's the case, they're sticking with a six man because I believe he is the sixth guy. And I don't even see their game listed for Sunday on MLB. Oh, there it is. And they have Canning listed. So it does appear they're going with sticking with a six man rotation there. Griffin Canning back in there who has had some flashes this season. So that's worth paying attention to. Yeah, I just want to see. It's nice of them to have him start on Sunday. So we all get a look as he's been in the bullpen. Want to see if he's been held on. Yeah, still 98% roster in the main event. Going to be more readily available in your 12 teamers, especially after he had a couple blowups and got moved into the bullpen situation. So it's nice, at least in those shallower formats, we get a look first. Obviously, unless they push him back a day. Not going to get that two-step next week, but uh, still nice to see how he's going to handle the load of being at the in the rotation once again. It's at Oakland next weekend, so <laughs> it, where he is available, that's an option. Just a, I know we're going to beat this to death, this episode, because we haven't even gotten to that part of the show yet, but it, like you said, 98% rostered, I think you said, in the main yeah. event still. And this is a guy that... what hasn't even started in his last two appearances and we'd be all over this because he gets to pitch at Oakland next weekend and he's not available in 15 team leagues. He's the right until three days ago, he was the seventh starting pitcher on this team and he's not available. That's how bad it is. It'd be interesting to know. And I think we touched on this either last week or the week before there are some surprising players that are still rostered readily Mm -hmm. and you have to guess that a good chunk of that is from teams that have stopped paying attention they're like we're just not making any drops so you have guys that are still starting even though they're either not going to pitch again or they're not going to play again the rest of the season or they're just been out 
for so long. And it would be interesting, though, probably way more work that I'm willing to do to find out like where these guys are rostered still. And if they're rostered on teams that are in like the bottom third of standings in their leagues, or if teams have just been stashing them for strategy, it's just interesting to see a guy like you mentioned, like Canning still 98% rostered in the main event. Granted, 15 teamers, there's still these deep situations, but his let me see and he was getting bulk innings he was the his two non-starting appearances he did go over three innings in each of them but still that's a guy that a lot of main event teams would drop 30 percent started in these right. main events as so well so he's them. being stashed in 70 percent of those leagues and not in just benched and just being held on to so good chunk of it might just be yeah exactly that just stashing and crossing your fingers so in 68 percent of main event leagues there's a team manager that knows griffin canning is better than tyler anderson and they were just waiting (laughs) (laughs) just waiting for my chance (laughs) all right let's you talked about oakland let's go into oakland and we have another transfer to triple a and a rehab assignment that's mason miller he was he's going to take the remainder of his rehab to triple a as the A's try to ramp him back up to get some final innings, hopefully in Oakland to end the season. Obviously the Oakland A's are not playing for anything in particular. So there's no reason to really push Mason Miller at this point, but of course I'm sure they want to see him throw some innings at the major league level to end the season on a high note. We're expecting him back in Oakland. I would say probably within the next week or so, as long as his final part of his rehab goes okay, triple a, He is 72% rostered in the main event, only 7% rostered in the online championship, 12 teamers. Is he worth a stash this weekend in anticipation for his call back up to Oakland? Can he still produce enough at the major league level to warrant rostering him, at least in those 15 teamers, bring it up to 100% rostership? This is something I want to keep an eye on later into the weekend we're recording on friday evening this week so a day earlier than usual Uh, and it really depends because they're the upcoming schedule for oakland is rough i doubt we see them the first half of this coming week at seattle nice pitchers park but seattle offense playing much better as of late and then the angels for the second half of the week. If he would happen to get to a start there, I would be interested. They have been absolutely horrible since it, it's not just like Paul Sporer was talking on Sleeper in the Bus today. It's not just Otani. They've lost Taylor Ward. They've lost all these other guys. The Their lineup it has been horrible recently. But then Toronto at Texas, at Houston, mm-hmm. that's a pretty rough stretch, and that's about where he's probably coming back, right? Yeah, <laughs> right about a week from yep. now or so. So he, it, like, if he's going to come back and he's going to get Toronto and then at Houston, I wouldn't be interested anyway. So it's something I'm keeping an eye on, but to answer your question directly, no, I'm probably not stashing him this weekend unless – it looks like he's going to be back to face the Angels next weekend. Then I'd be interested. The thing I'm worried about the most is something I alluded to while introducing this little news item is I don't know how many innings that the Oakland is going to let him go through right. in a given start. I don't expect him to go five in, in any given start unless he's just like extremely efficient. And so, I again, I think they do want to see him throw some 
quality innings at the major league level to end the season, but not necessarily at, to an extent where it's going to push him back over the edge and put him in any kind of danger with his health or just in general. So that's that's how I'm seeing it. So I'm on the same page as you. It's not somebody I'm really looking forward to stashing. But yeah, with the right matchups, he's just as good as any other reliever that you want to stream to get those extra ratios. Or he can still go three innings and strike out 10, (laughs) perhaps in the right start. But he's going to have to get the correct, the right matchups to get that. All right, let's go on to some not so pleasant news here in Washington. They're going to be without Stone Garrett, their corner infielder excuse me, corner outfielder, probably, I can't imagine why we would see him back before 2024, but he uh, he had a fractured fibula after a pretty scary moment in the outfield a couple of days ago. And yeah, again, fractured fibula. That's all, that's all I really have to say. <laughs> He's not coming back. But Garrett had been playing every day since the 11th of August in both corner outfield spots for the Nats. So his absence does free up some added playing time there, at least that he's been soaking up for the last like week and a half or so. Who's filling the void for the Nationals moving forward? So far, it looks like we got Jake Alou and Alex Call probably getting a little extra time with the most days. The third outfield, Lane Thomas is playing every day. We got that. Alex Call. We've talked about him a couple of times this season. He doesn't do anything great, but he's not horrible, and he's there. Not that we want the ninth hitter in the Nationals lineup, but in deeper leagues where we're looking for at-bats, and Washington was actually one of the teams that I was looking at possibly having somewhat of a favorable schedule this week. They have some pretty tough pitching matchups, but they're, they get to play at Toronto, nice ballpark, and then come back home for four against Miami. And we know that Miami has a pretty darn good starting pitching as well. So the matchups aren't the greatest, but the schedule is nice. So I was looking at this or even prior to digging into this lineup due to Stone Garrett's injury that Washington might be a team I'd be looking for players on this week. Tough pitching matchups. Like I said, Alex Call is someone that I have used in a pinch in a couple of leagues throughout the season. He's probably the guy I think that gets the biggest benefit here, just shores up his playing time. Alou, a little bit of a boost as well. But we're talking about guys hitting eighth and ninth for the Washington Nationals, so it's nothing <laughs> to get too excited about. Sure. Yeah, Call had been playing every day for most of the summer, and all of a sudden it got cut into about halfway through August. So you'd almost expect this to go back his way. In, in the last couple, when his cut playing time just looking at the lineups for the last two weeks, he's sitting against righties. He's hit. He's hitting against all the lefties where Alou is pretty much the other side of that platoon, almost exclusively. There's a couple of days that they overlap in playing time, but it'd be interesting to see if Call can goes back to pretty much that everyday 
everyday role because he had been in it for so long. It seems just natural that he would he would get back into that position that they're already used to seeing. All right, last thing, let's start off with, I guess, a positive note. Instead of guys going on the IL, let's mention somebody who just came off of it. Nolan Gorman, he returns from the IL for the St. Louis Cardinals. Is his impact, though, going to take away playing time from anyone in the Cardinals lineup, or is Gorman simply the kind of odd man out here? Yeah, I think he's probably gets in this lineup, right? The Cardinals are out of it. They'd rather see Gorman get at-bats than Taylor Motter, right? That's the way I'm looking at it. So I think he'll get his fair share. I don't think it affects anybody that we're really interested in for fantasy too much maybe a day here and there depending how things get shuffled around maybe Richie Palacios loses a day here and there neither one of them in the lineup on Friday Gorman or Palacios Mm -hmm. so we're not getting a lot of information today because Gorman is not in the lineup on Friday as he was activated. So we're not a lot to look at yet, and they are facing a left-handed starting pitcher. That's another wrinkle. This is something we're going to have to monitor over the weekend. And so unfortunately, a little early to know too much here, but I don't think it's going to be any one person. I think the I think it's going to be spread around the mixing and matching and four or five guys miss a day a week. Yeah, I think the... And it doesn't really affect anything. It's not going to change his lineup spot or, or where he's heading or what have you. But I'm going to assume that this pretty much pushes Tommy Edmond to full-time center field or at least full-time outfield duties with Gorman. Motter still on the roster. As you mentioned, He Motter started at second base on Friday against the lefty. Gorman did not start. But it's first day back. I get that. Give him a day off against the lefty to, to start off his, his freedom off the IL spot. But yeah, I would expect Edmond, who started in center field again, uh, on Friday to continue to roam out there as long as he can stay healthy while doing so. But he's still leading off pretty much every day, and it's, this doesn't really affect that. But maybe it does put more pressure on him to he, – he's not playing the infield anymore. He's got to roam around in the in center field. It's, maybe this is just me projecting from like Byron Buxton type situations. It's like <laughs> you put somebody in center field, they're more prone. They got to cover more ground. They got to run into the wall. They got to do whatever they got to do to catch the ball. More opportunity for them to get hurt. I don't know. It's just something to think about if you do roster Tommy Edmond. We'll see how he holds up. All right. That pretty much covers it for our news and notes section here. Of course, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happened that we're not talking about. Make sure you are listening throughout the entire season, including through September, every single day. The First Pitch Podcast hosted by Casey Bubba and Jake Crumpler on the weekends. They break down all the news, highlights, and observations from every day's worth of games, as well as looking ahead at each slate to keep you up to date with everything you need to know to win your fantasy league. On top of that, Nick Pollock's Plus Pitch Podcast. He highlights every single starting pitching performance from the day prior and looks ahead at all your streaming options and all your viewer matchups for the next two days as well. He's going to be doing that every single day through the season. It's not going to stop. So make sure you're tuned in wherever you're getting your podcast or you're just tuned into the Pitcher List Podcast Network feed as well. You get all those shows and ours right on that feed. We got some guys to go over, Kevin. So we do have to make our bids. We're going to do that right after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. 
Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PitcherList, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PitcherList and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope NY. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we are back. Kevin, we talked quite a bit at the beginning of the show about just some things we're thinking about and what have you. So we're going to just gonna jump right into or take that time, re- reallocate how we usually do the show. We usually talk about some kind of strategic area. I feel like we we touched on a lot of that before we went into the news. We just kind of did things out of order. That's fine. We'll go into some player recommendations as we typically do category by category. Kevin, you got you had your work cut out for you this week, as you talked to, talked to me about before we started recording. But we got some names. We you should always be paying attention to your roster, making sure that you're making tweaks wherever possible. If you need some power, let's start off there, Kevin. Who's available? Who are you looking at? And why are you looking at them? Yeah, after his playing time had dried up for a little bit in July, Michael A. Taylor is back to playing center field every day. For Minnesota and after another little streak of three or four home runs this week which he is prone to do it's too late we can't grab those but he's got 19 on the year 12 stolen bases as well to go along with that hits at the bottom of the order lots of days he does score some runs and actually his RBI numbers 43 RBI and 337 plate appearances is nothing to sneeze at it, we're looking at 75 runs and 75 RBI over a, a 600 plate appearance season out of him. 25 home runs, close to 20 stolen bases. I tweeted, it's been a good couple of months ago. It was before he started losing his playing time in July. <laughs> I tweeted that my, Michael A. Taylor was on pace for a 25-20 season very quietly. 
Now he's not going to quite get there, but with the playing time back, he's going to push those numbers. It appears. So I really like Michael A. Taylor. He is readily available. Only 30% rostered in the 15 team main events, 3% rostered in 12 team online championships, Minnesota, pretty nice schedule. They are facing Cleveland at home and then at Texas this week. And as we talked last week, Texas has been one of the best home run parks in baseball this season. I love Michael A. Taylor where he's available. He's been one of my go-to guys all season long. A guy that is not rostered at all. And that's because he just came up is Parker Meadows. He's not rostered anywhere. He's playing every day and he was showing some pop in the minor leagues this season. He's worth, this is a deeper league play. I'd probably run with guys like Michael A. Taylor and in shallower leagues, a plethora of other guys, but in, in deeper leagues, Parker Meadows is someone to take a look at. Yeah. Just let's get the, uh, let's get the warning out there. Make sure that you're getting the right Meadows off the free agent market. This happens at least two or three times a year. They also play for the same team, so that doesn't help things. Austin Meadows is not the Meadows you want right now. He's still working through the things he needs to work through, but he's not on the field. Parker Meadows is. Just (laughs) make a mental note, write it down, put a post-it note on your monitor, whatever you need to do. Make sure you're not spending whatever fab dollars you have left on Austin Meadows this weekend. It's always the embarrassing thing. We will see some screenshots on Monday, I'm sure, or Sunday night after fab runs. it'll happen. (laughs) It does. And I feel like the the Tigers as a team are playing better. Mm-hmm. Riley Green has been great. Spencer Torkelson is finally showing us why he was a number one overall draft pick. And they pl- play seven games this week, and I believe they face six out of seven right-handed starting pitchers. So Parker Meadows could have a good week coming up here. Yeah, and back to Minnesota. You're talking about their schedule this week. The their sep- Most of their September schedule is pretty favorable as far as where they're pitch well where they're hitting as well. They have time. Michael Taylor's gonna have time playing in Chicago with the white on the south side. Nice hitters park there at Cincinnati for a series as well. And then of course they have all their home games as well. But it's nice to know that when they're on the road they do have a couple of series where it's gonna be a little bit more on the positive side. Uh, I think that we focus a lot on the starting pitching matchups that we're going to see throughout week to week ahead of time, especially when you're only looking for five weeks worth of data ahead of you. Good to know where your hitters are going to be hitting throughout the course of the remainder of the season. It will go in. It will impact who you're bidding on or how much you're willing to spend of your fab for the remainder of the season, especially when you don't have that much left to go. And as far as money goes and every dollar needs to get spent, it needs to be worth X amount more with such little time left. All right. We got some speed in need right now. And Kevin, who uh, who's going to hopefully steal some bases for you coming up this coming week. I know last week when we, talked about Cade Marlowe. You had brought up the fact that you had pretty much talked about all of the (laughs) Seattle Mariners in recent weeks, right? but I'm not certain. And I was listening to all of those shows, but I can't recall because he is newly acquired to the Mariners. If you brought up Josh Rojas during that time, (laughs) 
No, now that you mention it, no. (laughs) And Josh Rojas is playing really well, again, like he did for us in pretty long stretches last season. He was very disappointing this year in Arizona. But Josh Rojas was a very valuable fantasy piece last season in Arizona. Now, after a disappointing first three quarters of this season, now that he's in Seattle playing second base every day, now they have faced right-handed pitching every day. So he may sit against lefties. I don't doubt that at all. They have guys like Dylan Moore. Mm-hmm. Caballero that can get in there versus left-handed starters. And I probably expect that to happen, but Josh Rojas, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting a couple of home runs and stealing a couple of bases. Now that he is in Seattle and back to what we saw in the good stretches last season, at least over the past couple of weeks. It's seems only fitting that we find a way to get, somebody who's going to steal bases out of Seattle back on the show. We'll do what we can next week to see if we can't squeeze <laughs> one more out of it. But now you've got a preview for next week. You can just check out the roster, see what's changed in Seattle and they go ahead and pick up that player to steal some bases for you. But yeah, we talked, we, what we did talk about was whether or not Josh Rojas could return to fantasy relevancy in his new home. And as you point, as all the things you pointed out, Yes, the answer is yes, he can. And he, as long as he continues to get that playing time that could, like you said, could be in flux here or there, he seems to be really happy where he is. Like all the reports, all the interviews he's done, everything I've read seems to be just really enjoying his time. I don't know if that's in compared to how he was feeling in Arizona or not, but regardless, it's always good to know you're in the right mind space where you're at, the team you're your team you're with, and the players you're playing around, that usually leads to better things on the field as well, or at least puts you in a right spot to allow those good things to continue to happen. There is something to be said about just being in the right headspace as far as how it can imp- impact your production on the field as well. So something to keep in mind with Josh Rojas. All right, we got our opportunity section here, Kevin. I'll Go over some schedule notes and you let me know who's going to take advantage of those things. Of course, we do have seven teams once again have a seven day work week ahead of them. Yankees, Detroit, Atlanta, Washington, the Dodgers, San Francisco and San Diego all have a game a day all week next week. There's only one team that has two off days. That's Tampa Bay. They are off Monday and Thursday. And everybody else is either off Monday or Thursday. No weird Wednesday off days this week for anybody. And something there's a long-term note to keep in mind. After August 31st, so starting in September 1st, Tampa Bay and Arizona, they play 17 straight days. No off days, lots of playing time to go around. Lots more opportunities for two-star weeks on the pitcher's side. Also, more opportunity for innings from your relievers if if you're willing to stomach anybody from the Arizona bullpen at this stage beyond Paul Seawald. We will uh, take advantage of that playing time on all aspects. Tampa Bay Rays and Arizona, they play 17 straight days starting September 1st. Something to keep in mind when you are trying to stretch out those fab dollars. Kevin, with all that in mind and anything else you want to consider, matchups, what have you, who looks like they are going to take advantage of some opportunity going at least into this week, if not further along? Yeah, first, a couple of additions to the seven-game week. 
you you have it listed correctly. You said seven day week, but the Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati Reds play a doubleheader on Saturday, so they yeah. have a four game set on the weekend, and they'll each have seven games this week. That four game set being in Great American Small Park for a four game set in the three day period, very appealing. I didn't go there on my specific player. Many of the the Cubs and Reds that we would be interested in are <laughs> rostered. And we talked about it last week. I chose Patrick Wisdom for this reason, uh, yeah, this sure. category for that reason for this week. It looks like he'll face three or four lefties this week. The Cubs will. So he'll get some playing time and probably a couple of lefties over the weekend in that four game set. But I'm looking at another team facing some left-handed starters this week. It appears that Toronto will face four left-handed starters, two of those being in Colorado. And Davis Snyder is really intriguing here, hitting in the middle of the lineup versus left-handed starters. Now, it's been a few days since they faced a lefty, and he hasn't played since. He's the old this the only reason he's on this roster is to face left-handed pitching. His strikeout rates have improved year over year each season as he has moved up. He was a well over 30% strikeout guy in 2021, dropped it to the mid-20s in 2022, but then it bumped up a couple of points when he went to AAA for 17 games at the end of 2022. In 2023, he's got it down to the low 20s at AAA. And sure enough, in 36 major league plate appearances, his strikeout rate is 36%. But he has three home runs in nine games and a walk rate of nearly 14%. He's got a 472 OBP in spite of the 36% strikeout rate. I think we're going to see him against lefties, and they face four of them. I think this is a fairly sneaky shot at some good power for this week with all of the left-handed pitching that Toronto's going to face. Yeah, These are the sneaky plays that in a weekly league are that they're really difficult to pull the trigger on because you just see the overall playing time and you really have to be tuned into when these guys are playing and who's going to be on the mound and what have you real easy play to make in like a daily DFS type of situation where, you, you know, you, you obviously going to see if he's in the lineup or not. And if he's facing against a lefty, that's something you want to look at. But I find them very difficult to pull the trigger on these, especially in 12-teamers. 15-teamers, maybe more, but you also got to balance how much you're willing to spend on the possibility of him playing regularly versus hoping he's going to play against all these lefties that you're talking about. Right, Um, and he's 21% rostered in the main event, and he not started this week because they faced a right-handed starting pitching all week. So the I like this. It's a little a little verification for me that some of these really smart main event players were probably looking ahead a week and grabbed him last week, knowing they weren't using him this week, but they'd be mm-hmm. using him against the lefties next week. And after that that kind of toward start that he had when he first came up, I'm all, I'm actually surprised it's that low. <laughs> I know he hasn't been playing, and obviously that's going to force some people force their hand in dropping them dropping him 
after the first bidding process. But yeah, it got to a point where it was just the feel good story the summer when he came up and he was just rocketing baseballs in Toronto out of the second base spot. All right. These are the matchups that you need to be looking at. And there are things to keep in mind when playing not only weekly contests, but also DFS and other kind of pickums. So this is a great way for me to segue into reminding everybody that they should be taking advantage of playing underdog fantasies pick'em daily contest it's a great way to make money on mlb games throughout the rest of the regular season you got to try underdog fantasy it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports in underdogs pick'em game you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts hits or more so you look at david david schneider see that his over under or hit the over under is say one and a half bases or what have you you pick the over if he's facing a lefty any kind of situations like that you pick two or five of these players you get all your picks right you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night be sure to sign up if you're signing up for the first time use promo code pitcherlist underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you can have some extra cash to start playing with and you will carry over into any other sports that you might be playing as well on the Underdog Fantasy app. That's underdogfantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the app store. If you sign up with picture code PitcherList, that's all one word, all capital letters, you get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Make sure you know that you have to be 18 or over in present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. You just have to be 19 and over in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and over in Massachusetts and Arizona. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, you can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We do have some more picks, pickups to go over, Kevin, and we are going to do that right after this quick break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, let's get into the pitching options that we have on the board, Kevin. Of course, we'll start with our counting categories here, our wins and our strikeouts. Pick them. The pickings are slim, as you alluded to earlier. So who who are a couple of names that might possibly be available that we should be considering for this week? All right. I have a couple that aren't available at all in 15 teamers in one spot (laughs) but they do have availability in 12 team leagues and i think they're absolutely 12 team viable brandon williamson 100 rostered 
in the main event, but rostered in less than half of 12 team leagues, the 12 team online championships. And he's got pretty nice matchup this week. I believe he gets at San Francisco and they have been horrendous offense over the past several weeks. Williamson has been pitching pretty darn well. So it's a great combination. He's been pitching well. The Giants have not been hitting well. And we know that we like that ballpark in San Francisco. So I like Williamson in the 12 team leagues where he is available. Anybody that has ever listened to this show or listened to me anywhere in a bar at First Pitch Arizona, (laughs) everybody knows that I'm going to bring up Wade Miley when he has a two-star week. Yeah, and he's actually available in one main event league. Yeah, that's what you're uh, alluding to. Yeah, and then that. about 40% of 12-team online championships, he's available. So I would expect he's probably available in about half of Yahoo and ESPN leagues. He'd be available in a few more leagues than he is the 12-team online championship. Yeah, there's not much to go into there. One guy that might be available in deeper leagues, like I said, it is ugly in deep leagues ryan ppo for the dodgers he has been the follower but he's went five innings and four innings in his two appearances and pitched well in both now roster resource has him listed as a starter this coming week i'd almost feel better if he was still rolling out there as as a follower because he may not quite go five innings but he's and yeah 93 percent rostered in the main even him yep (laughs) so there it's rough i think in most cases if you need a guy in the deeper leagues i think we're looking at relievers man there's just not starters out there one guy i have list i'm going to skip to the next category because one guy that is available and he's been pitching a couple of innings per appearance and he's not rostered anywhere Another guy that Roster Resource has have a, a couple of starts this week. He may be a follower. He may be an opener. I would prefer him to be the follower. But I think in this instance, if I'm in a 15-team league and I need a guy, I'm looking at someone like Jacob Junis. He's going to give me multiple innings. Hopefully, he's not the starter because he's probably not going to give me five innings. But I, I think that's where we're at. That's the kind of guy we need to be looking for. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, you need to find the guys that are actually available. Um, yeah. so that's step one. And then guys are actually going to get you some innings. We talk about, we put these relievers in this ratio category, which we'll, we'll flush out a little bit in a second. But that's where you had Junis to start. And But yeah, if he's going to get those starts that Roster Resource thinks he will, as long as he gets two of them, you know, Junis is probably not going six, right? In both of those starts, even if he is a follower, at least he's got those two starts or those two guaranteed, quote, guaranteed appearances that he could even go three. He can at least volume his way to an actual start. <laughs> yeah, because he's striking out like 12 per nine th- this season. So, so those yeah. will uh, those will add up. And you need that kind of volume if you do want to chip away at those ratios. That's why we always say like these relievers that we talk about with the ratios, if I see this, these relievers are pitching Saturday and Sunday, like I'm way less, if at all, going to be considering them for pickups for the following week, just assuming they're not going to get into another game, at least till Tuesday, if not Wednesday, which 
guarantees them at least three to four days off in the week rather than I want to make sure that they are getting into three or four games, never mind getting guaranteed time off during that week as well. Something to consider there. The volume plays a big part, especially in cutting into those ratios. Let's officially get into those ratios category. You jumped in there with Junis. You got another name on here that we're considering for ERA and WHIP. Who is it and why should we care? Yeah, Tyler Holton. I think he's got like a one six two ERA for the season. That's a reason to Been care. Pitching well <laughs> recently as well, and I don't think he's got a save or two on the season. I'm not looking for him to vulture many saves here, but he is definitely somebody that can help with ratios. And like we talked earlier in the show, like you bring up all the time, it's a common misconception that ratios at this time of year can't be approved upon or you can't drop very far you absolutely can in both directions and also like you like to bring up your opponents can come back to you so it's still worth whittling away here and he's getting four more outs in most of his appearances monitor over the weekend i would prefer him if he does not pitch definitely on sunday Saturday and Sunday even better, but they do have a seven game week. So mm-hmm. I feel confident we'll get at least two appearances out of him, if not three, as long as he doesn't pitch on Sunday. Yeah. As you started off, I'm like, why should we care? And that ERA alone with the volume that he could possibly provide you is something to care about for sure. All right. Let's get into the last strictly pitching category here. And that, of course, is saves. An area in which it is probably a little bit more difficult to make up ground, especially this late in the game, unless you're really good at vulturing those guys. But that's why we're here. That's why we're talking about these. Um, and good timing to get here when we did, because as like Kevin mentioned, we are recording this on Friday night. Happened to notice that in Baltimore, Felix Batista left his game with arm discomfort and as of our recording that's all we really know at this time so of course i have to throw out in your cano as the main option to take over that role he he hit some i feel like he hit some bumps in the road somewhat recently especially after that that streak he was on throughout the most of the first half but he has looked pretty dang good for in his last 10 outings let up a hit here or there but he's only walked one batter in the month of August. He's let up six hits in in out of those, it looks like 10 appearances in, in the month, but still striking out one to two batters per outing, still going a full inning, if not further, and pretty much every single outing except for one. You have to assume he's going to step right into that role if Felix Batista is going to miss any time. Even if he's just missing a, some time at the beginning of the week, Cano should step into that role for the beginning of the week. We'll see more over the weekend. Of course, it'll give if Batista misses the rest of the weekend, it'll give everybody an opportunity to save up their coin for Cano. 26% rostered in the main event, which means even in the main event, Cano is readily available. And that is a category that is really hard to make up ground. And if Batista is going to miss any period of time, especially if he actually hits the IL and misses extended period of time, Cano will be a very large purchase on everybody's free agent results page when they when they open it up at 10.01 p.m. Eastern on, on Sunday night, wouldn't you think, Kevin? For sure. I think that this is going to be biggest for 
those that roster Bautista. If you roster Bautista, you're probably looking pretty good in saves. But then I, in the leagues I have him in, he he's been a great help, obviously. But I'm not running away with the category. So this is a big deal. And Cano's the guy. There hasn't been anybody all season long, I don't think, that I can recall moving into a closer situation where we think he's going to be the guy anywhere close to the skills that Cano has. And everybody's going to be after him. And if you have rostered Bautista up to this point in the season, I think those are the teams that are going to be most desperate to go after him. I was sitting here thinking as you were typing that into the outline, I hadn't noticed this news yet. And I'm thinking I'm really happy that in most of my leagues, I have a good amount of fab dollars left, not a ton. And in fact, last week I started, I overspent a little bit to make sure I got the players I wanted because in most leagues I'm sitting pretty good in fab dollars. But for this time of year, this is a guy you almost empty the budget on. If Bautista is going to yeah, miss yeah. time. <laughs> if there's anything to this and he's going to miss time and it's more than just a let's give him three or four days off to rest up a little bit and he's fine. If there's anything to this, we're at the point where I'm saving a few dollars for injured players in leagues where I, I can move up or down in the save category. And I'm pretty much going to throw the rest of the budget at Cano. At least that's my first inclination as you put this news out there. Yeah, I was surprised. Of course, as you're talking here, like I have to pull up my phone and double check my <laughs> fastest finger. I was trying to, to drag on. So I knew you were looking stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see if he was available in my fastest finger leagues. And he uh, was. So I just dropped Andrew Heaney and picked up, you know, nice pickup, Adam. No, thank you. Thank you. By the time we're listening to this, we'll know if it's a nice pickup or not. We've been through this with Batista before in spring training, like mm-hmm. where he showed the injury. He said he was okay. We were all worried about it. He dropped a round or t- at least a round or two in those drafts. In season at that two, time. he went, he took a little break, mm-hmm. like just a couple of save opportunities, a little fatigue, but he did it in season as well. Yeah. So we'll, and he's come back. That's my point is that he's come back. It was a false flag, if you will. And so we'll see how, if this works out to be the same thing. He has been through a lot this season. They're using him plenty for good reason. So to see having him having arm fatigue just by the nature of the word makes sense (laughs) to an extent. We'll see how that irons out by the time I hit publish on this, on this episode. Hopefully everything we just said Honestly, hopefully everything we just said doesn't matter at all. In that Um, case, go get Jojo Romero. He's the guy I had in this category before we started uh, talking about the possible Bautista injury. Now, the Cardinals aren't winning a ton of games. That does seem like they're playing better than they did early in the season. But with Ryan Helsley still out and his time keeps getting pushed back, a couple of weeks ago we thought he was going to be back soon. We still haven't seen him. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos hasn't ran away with this after the Jordan Hicks trade like we thought he might. Jojo Romero has the same amount of saves since the trade deadline and the most recent one. They only had one save opportunity this past week. That went to Romero. He's another guy with a minuscule ERA, so not going to hurt us even if he's not getting the save opportunities. If he gets in the games, he will help boost our ratios a little bit, hopefully. 
So the guy I had before we got this possibly <laughs> breaking news on Bautista is Jojo Romero for the week. Yeah, the thing that stood out for me with Jojo Romero is as you put the name on there, I re- remember that you put the name on there is Matty Davis's tweet that he put out earlier today. Just the fact that those two, as the exact tweet is, there's only two relievers that rank inside the top 10 in K minus BB percentage, swing strike rate, and CSW over the last 30 days it includes. Robert Stevenson with nine and a third innings pitched and Jojo Romero 13 and a third innings pitched in the last 30 days. And they both rank up there with all those categories. A lot of them that you just talked about, regardless of whether or not he gets the saves or not, he's putting up numbers that will not hurt, will probably help in all areas. And if he vultures himself a save in St. Louis or with St. Louis, all power to you. All right. I'm going to, We'll move on to the wild card section here. It is my favorite. I usually don't have a player here because I like listening to what you and everybody else that we've had on the show has here. I will uh, cop out and say that your Cano is my uh, wild card here just because <laughs> it just happened or possibly happened. And uh, so, I mean, we are at a point though where we're seeing, we talked about it last week because it was like that 45 day mark. And you got to assume that we're going to continue to see more prospects, bigger name prospects get called up. Obviously, you have to wait until they get called up in NFBC before they're eligible to be called up. Rosters do expand. It's still on September 1st. You get one hitter and one pitcher. It's not really the same as what we used to used to see going. I think what it was... It was up to a 30-man roster they were able to expand to, or maybe even no, further than that. No, it was more than that, yeah. even. It was like, 50, I, that's back when the roster was 25, they could go to 40. It was 15 yeah, players. they could use their entire 40-man roster. that's why we run. didn't yeah. see anybody on the IL, so it's a good trade. Now uh, it's just the White Sox that don't do that. <laughs> yeah, when players didn't go on the IL, and we oh had my no God, idea whether they were injured or not, they stopped talking about them. That was horrendous. So I think as fantasy players... This new system helps. It does mean we don't see quite as many get some time. But I I think, yeah, the 45-day thing, I didn't list a specific player this week either. I'm still counting on the guy I talked about last week, Jordan Lawler. (laughs) He would still be my top stash if I'm stashing somebody in this situation. I think with Story, Trevor Story back in games now, that ship has sailed. If you didn't grab him three or four weeks ago, he's gone. I think most of the injured players we hope to see back this season, either either they're not going to get back in time to help us much, or I really don't have any interest. If somebody would drop Mike Trout this weekend, would I grab him next weekend, hoping that we see him for a couple weeks at the end of the year? Maybe, but only if I have the spot. That's why he's being dropped. It's getting to the point where we don't really have room for stashes any longer. I think if we're if you have that one spot and you're looking for somebody, I, it's still some of the, the prospects that won't exceed rookie eligibility that we do expect to see opening day list next year. And like I said, for that spot on a couple of my teams, I'm still sticking with Jordan Lawler. Yeah, somebody I think I'll just throw in here on a whim that I'm looking at just to see if he can carve out extra playing time while Jaron Duran is still on the IL is Willier Abreu. The Red Sox called him up after Duran hit the IL. He's played two out of the four games he's been eligible for in the outfield for Boston. Obviously not a situation where he's guaranteed any kind of playing time. 
I think I read that Duvall hurt his foot, but obviously he hasn't really missed a beat because he's started every game this week as well. But in, in his short period of time, or honestly, just if you look at his AAA, 22 home runs, 60-60 runs and runs in RBIs in 363 AAA plate appearances, batting 270, 274, 274, 391, 538 in AAA in that time period. He's come along quite well since moving from Houston to Boston during the 2022 season. Seems to be doing okay for himself in those two games. Already had his first major league home run. Seems to be pretty comfortable in the outfield at Fenway. So somebody worth monitoring, whether you want to grab him this week with the hope that he continues to produce and force his way into the lineup on a more regular basis. That's up to you, whether you have flexibility to do, like Kevin said, we're at beyond the point of stashing, but at least we know Abreu is playing. He's in the majors. It's a little bit above the stash level, but at the same time, you might be picking him up. You may not be starting him until you see that he's going to be getting that extra playing time. And there's not a lot of time to do that. So more, maybe more of a watch list depending on the size of your league. But if you're, a, it's an it's exciting person to mention that I probably should have brought in the news section, especially as a Red Sox fan. Glad I could throw it in here at the very end. Hopefully you guys stuck around. You get that name in there. All right. That sums up all the categories we typically go through. Kevin, why don't you uh, close us out with any other words of wisdom with what, five weeks to go? Five weeks to go. Head to head playoff starting. If not this coming week, probably the following week look ahead at schedules now I know a lot of these leagues are daily change leagues in many instances sometimes the pickup and drop rules change once the postseason starts so you may have to make some moves this weekend and not be able to make any going forward in some of these leagues the next couple of thursdays a whole lot of teams don't play I would look at the schedules of teams the next couple of Thursdays in head-to-head playoff leagues where you can change your lineups on a daily basis. There's only 10 teams that play next Thursday and roughly the same that play the Thursday off following that. couple of examples, the Tigers play both of the Thursdays. The Yankees play both of those Thursdays. It appears Miami plays both of those Thursdays. So maybe that's the tiebreaker when you're looking at a couple of players, guys that are playing on the days that many teams are not, just because that can make a big difference when you were looking at head-to-head playoffs when we're, we only get the one week. So those single days count even more. Yeah, this is something that, I have been focusing heavily in my head-to-head, the one I was talking about where I've locked in already. I know exactly where I'm going to be. So all I'm looking at are these matchups in about starting in two weeks. And you're abs- like that Thursday, September 7th is the one that stands out to me the most. I think as my roster is currently constructed, I'm only going to have three bats play- playing in that. And unfortunately, my opponent probably has... He has at least double that scheduled. We'll see how the rosters shake up by the time that rolls around. But it is something I have to consider moving into that week. Do I go with an extra bench bat at least through Thursday so that I know I'll have extra bats going and then stream a pitcher over the weekend? 
again, you have to balance that out with what the schedule is for all the free agent pitchers that are available. Are they still going to be available? A lot of moving parts, a lot of things to think about, but that schedule plays a big role. That September schedule plays a big role. And uh, knowing what pitchers are going to be shut down or having an idea of what pitchers you think are going to get shut down. I had a conversation about this. I have Andrew Abbott and Tanner Bybee. I'm like, which one is more likely to get shut down if either one does? You look at Cleveland where they are in the standings. Cleveland's usually one of that team that's like somehow pulls it off, somehow wins that division by a couple games and they are out. Ultimately, they're out. I think they're six games back from the wild card spot. They have a better shot of winning the division than they have a wild card spot, but they're pretty much out of both. At this stage, anything can still happen. There's still five weeks left. I get that. But since he's right there, since he's right in there. So yeah. you have to assume Bybee would be the one that might lose that last week or last two weeks of September or start getting a start skipped here or there, or what have you, just based on. Innings. One that surprised me at first was that Brian Wu came back already for Seattle. But the more I thought about it, they need him to win them games to get them to the postseason. Once they get to the postseason, it's Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert. Oh, yeah. So a, yeah. Wu will help them get there. So they're going to get what they can get out of him now. Yeah, Cleveland, they're just about out of it. Any day now we could hear things about those guys. I agree. Cincinnati in a similar position to Seattle. They need Abbott right now. He's is he their best starting pitcher? He's still probably in that playoff rotation if they make the play. They're, they'll figure out his yeah, yeah, future yeah. later, depending on what goes on. That's a on problem for future season. Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's something to take into account. But yeah, at least you can attempt to try to fill your bench with a couple of hitters playing on the Thursdays, the couple of them coming up where not many teams are playing. Yeah, just you got to be okay with streaming hitters sometimes. I know we talk about streaming pitchers all the time, and most, especially in head to head daily leagues, that's the number one thing that people do is they stream their pitchers. Even in a league like mine, where you have a limitation of only like four pickups a week to limit the streaming, you want the volume of the pitching, but at the same time, the hitting can go just as far depending on what the strengths of your roster, what kind of volume that you need. A lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts. And I think ultimately that is going to do it though, Kevin, for us this week. We should have you back here. We'll be back together next week as well, three weeks in a row. So look forward to that, everybody listening. And that is going to do it though for episode 128 of On The Wire. You can follow myself on the Twitter at 80 grade. That's all spelled out. Kevin is at Hasting Kevin. Of course, follow the pod itself at On The Wire Pod. After all that, I am Adam Howe. On behalf of Kevin Hastings, thanks for listening. We bid you goodbye.